welcome to the Muddy River Review. I'm Bob Goff, and I'm alongside Dave Adam today. Hello, sir. Hello. Um, we are going to talk about youth sports and its evolution in our area, its past, present, and future. David and I both have a little bit of experience with this. Um, David, of course, with his years of coverage of the Herald Wig and, of course, being a coach of his own kids and other kids in lots of different sports, I did the same, not to the same extent that David did. But I think, you know, with, with here we are in the summer and, you know, COVID wiped everything out for the most part last year, and now kids are back to doing travel ball and they're doing all the other things. And then this fall, summer and fall, we will see the probably the, the resurrection of the local youth leagues. Um, talk to me about kind of where that where you think that process is right now Dave it changes all the time um when I was 10 11 12 years old uh I'm, I, I never played t-ball when I was a little kid I think my first experience of playing baseball was nine years old playing uh, little league baseball at uh, Maranatha Park or and and, and playing for tip-top auto repair in the uh, Quincy Park District leagues that were played during the mornings and the afternoons during the summer. Um, and that was sort of the, the routine for baseball. Uh, park District leagues in the morning, uh, little league games at night because they had lights at, the, at that time back at uh, Maranatha Park. Um, as things have developed, uh, little leagues no longer played at Maranatha Park. Little league is now... Um, I'm not even sure if the Quincy YMCA still has the Little League or not. I, I, I think that actually the Little League designation, I believe now, belongs with the Quincy Park District yes. because the YMCA had the, the Little League designation. I mean, it just changes all the time. Uh, uh, you know, youth basketball used to play at the YMCA. I coached. That was where I got my first team I am uh, coached. I was uh, 14 years old. I still have a photo of the very first team I ever coached on my phone. Uh and I turn 56 next month. And so, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Basketball was, you played at the YMCA, you played at the CYO. Now, uh, the CYO, um, if it exists, it's a shell. And everything is now uh, travel basketball. We've got to go to a league in Barrie. We've got to go to a league in Hannibal. We've got to travel to the Quad Cities. We gotta, it's, it's, it's travel, 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 travel. Um, it's... And, and soccer is under the same umbrella as well. Uh, you know, I think I played maybe, uh, let's see, Quincipi soccer. I, I know my, I think I remember one of my first experiences was I, I played soccer for one year. Um, my brother was actually fairly decent and got, got, got put on a travel team. I wasn't mm -hmm. so hot, didn't get put on a travel team. Um, and, and now these days, uh, if you want to play soccer in Quincy, you can play for the Quincy Park District. You can play for the Tiny Tots. You can play for uh, Quincy Soccer. Or you can go play for Quincy United. Or there might be yet still another travel team to go Northeast play Northeast Missouri United, I think. Exactly. Is the other one, yeah. I mean, so it, what has happened with youth sports around here, for the most part, is there's less of an emphasis on recreational youth sports, and there's much more of an emphasis on competitive youth sports. That certainly... Um, in some ways can help make your uh, local high school teams a little bit better when they get to that level. But I also know that there are a lot of kids who 
might have stuck with it had there been more of a recreational aspect to it, but their bodies just hadn't grown and developed yet. Right. And then they miss out by the time they get to, they found something else to do when they've gone on to, to their high school. Uh, so it's, 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 it's the wild, wild west really around Quincy, and it has been for a long time. Well, and of course the, you know, kids, kids get earmarked, kids get pop, get placed early. It's like this kid's going to be early. the next – Whatever. This kid's going to be the next Bruce Douglas, or this kid's going to be the next whoever the best player at Q&D history was, and you see this all the time, and this kid's going to go play for the U of I or going to go do whatever, and it just it doesn't happen for whatever reason, and if, or the kid just said, decides he or she likes other things. Now, we have produced some, you know, again, on both the, the boys' and girls' sides, we have produced some outstanding talent in this area over the years, and even recently we've had, you know, great Great players go to D1. You know, we've got a D1 football player in Jirel Brock. Uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 young, the, the young woman, the Frerichs uh, woman who played, girl who played at uh, Mizzou and was QND, or she was, out, she was outstanding. Outstanding. But there aren't many like them. No. And I know that that fires people up. They like to be able to follow the Jirel Brocks and the Jordan Frerichs and the Carly Gangenbachers and all the Gangenbacher sisters and all the Foley sisters and all, the, all those who have gone on to do great things at their certain levels of athletics. Um, I guess I would like to, if, if I was named czar of local youth sports, I would like to see a little bit more of an inclusion of let's get more kids just to play, have fun, stay involved. My, you know, look, I've been doing this for 42 years. Am I an expert as a youth coach? No, but I think I know a lot about it. I think, I think I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of opinions about youth sports. And one of the things that I've always believed is just make sure that it's a fun experience for the kids. You don't have to worry about winning. You don't have to worry about how good they are when they're six, seven years old. If the only reason they show up for a game is because there's going to be a popsicle at the end of the game, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and one of my daughter's best friends was one of those kids. When we had kindergarten soccer, when my daughter, who's now 30, was one of those kids, one of her best friends was one of those girls that I was worried that the only thing she's showing up for is the popsicle. And then something happened. Around fourth grade, fifth grade, it just kicked in. She figured it out. She was from an athletic family. Um, her parents very involved in sports. She just didn't get it until about the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Then she went on and played high school volleyball. Yeah, you would have told me that when she was in the first grade, wearing glasses and pigtails and and little ribbons in her hair. Heck no. But that's the part about athletics that's so wonderful, is to watch kids develop, watch kids grow. Right now, we're so enamored with the kids who are the best players in the fifth grade, in the sixth grade, in the seventh grade. There are so many people who are so excited, and rightfully so, about the two classes of basketball players that are coming into Quincy High School's basketball program in the next two years. Uh, the, the current freshman class, and or I, I guess I, sh- I should look forward, the, the incoming sophomore class or the incoming freshman class, both outstanding basketball players, outstanding just depth, numbers, size, quickness, everything. They're also young teenagers, yeah, and it changes. Their their growth changes. They might stop growing. They may grow ten inches. They may find a girlfriend. 
they might find a job. They might decide to play football. They might decide to play in the band. Everything changes. You can't, you just have to keep giving them opportunities. Keep, here's the opportunity to play. And too often these days, I think there is a, uh, a people want to travel to play sports for the, the, the number one reason is we play better competition. We play better teams. It's going to strengthen, strengthen our players. It's going to strengthen our program. We're playing tougher teams. And so therefore we're going to get better by that experience. Unfortunately, I think there's also a, a residual effect to that, which is I like going out and watching my kids play. We get to travel. We get to hang out at the hotel for the weekend, go have some beers with my friends, have a great time. And it becomes the weekend party social thing to do. Um, and what ends up happening is those who can afford it can do it. There are a lot of people who can't afford it or yeah. don't want to spend that kind of money on it. There are kids who have no chance to play on travel teams because there's no way that their families can afford to do it. And so then do you lose those kids by the time they get to high school? Uh, other kids get their own opinions built up as to how wonderful they are because, well, I played on my travel team when I was in the seventh grade. Well, now it's the ninth grade and everybody's going out and everybody has a chance. And just because your parents had the money to do it doesn't mean that you are one of the better players. So I would just, I'd love to see more of a chance for more kids to play, more kids to uh, just take part, enjoy it. I don't remember any of the games when I was a kid. I remember hanging out with my friends when mm -hmm. I was a kid. And those are the people that I made lifelong, I mean, lifelong uh, friendships with. Scott Douglas and I, I mean, you know, S Scott's been the athletic director at Quincy High School. We first met when we were like in the first grade in the YMCA Biddy Basketball League. Our dads were the coaches. And my dad gave me an old scrapbook the other day. The, old, the Harold Wig used to run the box scores of the games. I think one time we got beat like 36 to 2, and I had the two, but my <laughs> name was in print. Um, but Did Scott have the assist? Scott probably had like six or seven <laughs> assists, but he, made, he gave those to like guys like Jerry Eisen and Dennis Douglas and all the guys who were way better than, we, than I was at the time. But that's what I remember is having – Fun with those guys, right. and 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 then maybe at the end of the season you had that carrot on the stick that allowed you to go travel a little bit and play in a postseason tournament. Now everybody says, "I want to travel all the time. I want to be on the road every weekend. We want to go to the Quad Cities in St. Louis because there's fun things to do down there. And if we're not at the ball game, we can go hang out at the mall, or we can go hang out at the hotel bar. Or we can do. I just would like to see more opportunities for more kids to play in Quincy. And part of that. I think, goes to having a place to play. And I know the Park District has done a very nice job with the Mormon Wavering Complex in the fact that all of those fields are now turf. And have you noticed that now that all those fields are turfed, now that you don't have to worry about getting games rained out, a very enterprising friend of ours, by a man by the name of Darren Dodd, has decided, hey, rather than my team's travel all over the place how about if i host some tournaments in quincy and have teams travel to quincy wow that's a a great idea uh, and, and, and the handful of times i drive my my, my my dad lives off of 36th street uh in quincy so i drive by that complex all the time there's always on the weekends always teams out there playing 
Are they making tons of money at it? No, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, I bet those hotels don't mind some of, yeah. the, some of the teams that are coming here and spending the night, or the restaurants don't mind some of those teams coming here and spending the night. Um, you know, there are opportunities. Last weekend you had uh, just a simple, something as simple as the Quincy University uh, summer basketball camp. There were 50 teams here in Quincy, and, and they were – you know, playing five games over two days at Quincy University, what they do in between games? They went and got something to eat. They went to the mall. They took advantage of some of the things that maybe the Quincy has to offer. I, I, I've always loved the enterprising people who put those types of things together. I wish there was more of it. Um, you know, I'd love to see uh, some of the soccer fields in this community be put to that uh to that use. And I know that if, if, if our friend Eric Stratman were sitting here with us, he'd go, I'll run the dang tournament for you. I well, run tournaments in Burlington, Iowa doing the exact same thing. Because he had the tournament here, and then he said for lack of a lot of issues, but I mean, mostly at the time it was the fields, and he went to Burlington to do that. And now, as you know, some there was some Facebook chatter this week. Also, when I was a part of the Quincy Park Board, I'd had some discussions with the folks at Paul Dennis to try to say, hey, is there a way we can maybe look at a combination of Boots Bush and Paul Dennis and turn it into a big soccer complex? And, and there really wasn't much interest on either side of the aisle back then. The Park District didn't want to do it because they had Boots Bush. But it's like, guys... You, you basically made Mormon wavering your baseball complex. Why don't you just work with the folks, Paul Dennis, who own the Quincy, who ran the Quincy Soccer League and still do, why don't you work with them to create a similar soccer complex in the in the Paul Dennis slash Boots Bush slash Flynn area because you've got the room for it. And do you have to turf a field? Well, you might turf one if you can raise the funds. you got one turfed already at Flynn State. you got Flynn turfed. And then, you know, you've also got QND turfed, and you've also got Quincy University turfed. Right. And, and as far as baseball goes, along with Mormon and Wavering, you've got a, a wonderful field that's not turfed at John Wood and doesn't have lights, but sees barely any games. Other than the games that are played by the John Wood team. Right. And, and that's really when it comes to why Quincy is sort of the wild, wild west when it comes to organization of youth sports it's a lot of times it's because somebody had an idea mm -hmm. you think about the 50 years ago the quincipi soccer league idea was hatched by jack mckenzie let's have local kids play soccer here in quincy and we're going to do this and this and this and this jack mckenzie had the idea jack mckenzie saw it through jack mckenzie got the people to take uh, uh, take it and run with it that goes now all the way to someone like darren dodd who's running these baseball uh, uh tournaments in quincy uh you've got you know, Ryan Hellenthal at Quincy University just brought 50 teams into Quincy to play at their at their facility, which is an unbelievable facility for something just like that. Who's to say that you couldn't have more tournaments just like that? Who's the person who's going to step up and do that? Eric Stratman tried, found greener pastures in Burlington. Don't blame him at all for moving things to Burlington. Right. He was he was he found another group of people who was more willing to work with him. That doesn't mean that the, the, the problems that he ran into 10 years ago still exist. Maybe he tries again. Maybe somebody else tries again. But you go back to even when Nan Ryan started Little People's Golf. She just thought, you know, there's got to be some way for us to get some really good local golfers to play, and it exploded into one of the top youth golf tournaments across the country. Now it's getting less than 200 people. Not I, I don't know why that has happened. It would be interesting to hear 
Nan, I, I think Nan has always felt that there have just been bigger cities with more money and and better courses that have been able to say, hey, come play at our place instead of playing in Quincy. But now. there's also so few local kids who play in Little People's that, that, as well. That's true, and that has always kind of been the knock on the, the, the Little People's tournament. But the fact is it, it, it never had many local golfers when – it was at its heyday either. It was, this was an attraction for some of the top junior golfers across the Midwest. But to be honest, if, you, if, if someone were to sit there to say, well, why isn't my kid being able to play? Or why do we have to travel so much? Why, do we, you know, why, is it, why does my soccer team have to be out of town six weekends in a row? Why does my basketball team have to be out of town? Well, if somebody wants to step up and say, I'll organize it, it's been proven in, in Quincy that it just takes someone is something as simple as here's an, a name for you, Tammy Hosher running Tiny Tot Sports. Right, that was her creation. Yeah. she saw a need out there. She saw that there were people who were willing to put kids ages about three to six, and that was really the only level she mm-hmm. she attracted. But she got Tiny Tot Sports and had all kinds of little kids playing t-ball My kids and play. soccer. Yep, and you're exactly so. You just sort of have to have the idea behind it. I think there are oftentimes, gee, kind of like this little thing here. Gee, I think we could try a different way of doing the news. Well, let's find some people who will financially support the idea of doing news, and voila, we've got Muddy River News. It's the same concept in in youth sports. And have a brilliant mastermind behind it. You left that out. There's never been any question about whether or not there was a brilliant mastermind behind this. Isn't this when you're supposed to put your little little pinky on your on your lip and what's say I want one million dollars? Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, but that's I mean honestly that's what it all is. It's 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 who's the enterprising person who decides that they want to do this? I just I hate to see the CYO it has is really almost non-existent. There just really aren't many kids to play. Well, so what are the youth kids in the parochial schools doing? What are the youth kids? What are the kids in like grades two through six at at the at the Baldwin schools, is there an organized program for them to play sports? You know, now Rick Little, again, who I think has pulled off the greatest job of salvaging a football program, maybe in the history of high school football, turning right. around the Quincy High School football program. How did he do it? Well, he started having football team football workouts for kids. He had kids that age, you know, six, you know, first, second, third grade. They go out on Saturday morning. So after Rick would take his team, drive up to the Quad Cities when he first took over, they got their butt kicked by Rock Island, Galesburg, Moline, whoever. He'd drive all the way back to Quincy, get home at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. He'd get up the next morning at 8 o'clock, and he'd be out there on those fields working with those second-grade kids because he knew that was what he needed to do to build his program. Again, he had the idea. Let's build. Let's start here. And if you ever look at their, I think they, in their game programs, they have a photo of yep. every kid who plays in their football programs from first grade to high school, and it covers like from the twenty-five yard line to the twenty-five yard line on the. Fo- I mean, it's an astronomical how many and, kids they get. To and play. The, the parochial schools have done the same thing for football now too. Absolutely, it used to be you used to go play at the YMCA. And you were a and you hope to play for Ray Hincamper and the Redskins. Yeah, absolutely. Ray and Ron and Russ and those guys. And yep. Now, there's a feeder program for those kids. Uh, it, it, everything changes. Everything there, there's an evolution to this all the time. Um, you know, I I've been fortunate for the last seven years to have a chance to help coach the kids who are going to be. I started with fifth and sixth graders. Now I've been working with seventh graders for the last couple of years. 
and I watch body changes right there, right right in front of my face. The best player on the sixth grade team that I coached about four years ago, he was the best player because he was the biggest and the strongest. Hasn't grown much since he was in the sixth grade. Now he's completely changed positions. He's completely he's he's a totally different player because he doesn't have to be big anymore. He has to sort of be small, and he's not going to grow very much. His mom's about five foot two, but he's learned to do something else. So you know, I I, I would just like for people to. There's so many people who who think that their youth sports teams that the the decisions are made for these people when they're. 10, and 11 years old. And it's like, folks, st- these boys haven't even had their – they're not done growing how, yet. How much of this is the folk, the parents saying, i got to find a way to help pay for college? That has to be one of the worst ideas that I can think of. For a parent to for do that. For a parent that. to do that. I agree. Honest to gosh. Because – and, I, and I, I'll give you a, a case in point. And not that, not that my brother did this, but my brother – High school baseball, high school softball coach, very successful down in the St. Louis area. Um, had two daughters who played softball. Um, one of them went to Central Methodist. One of them went to Illinois College. Um, the oldest daughter got a pretty good deal, actually, at Central Methodist um, was a, and was a fairly decent player. My, my youngest niece just finished her freshman year at Illinois College. Um, I mean, she played all the time, every weekend. Now, granted, there's a difference between playing every weekend and on the road in Quincy when you have to travel two hours to find a place to play and playing every weekend in the St. Louis area where you can travel 30 to 45 yeah. minutes and find every tournament you want to ever play in. But the fact is, they she probably played in a tournament every weekend, gosh, probably since she was eight, and went to Illinois College. Got a, you know, she can't get athletic scholarship money. It's a Division three school. Right. And her mom and dad are having to, you know, she's got to, she has to pay or part of her college. A lot of people don't realize they're watching the College World Series this weekend. There are very few, if any, full-ride baseball players playing in the College World Series right now. Almost all of them. They get partials. They get a little. They get this. But the fact is, is those schools, they still, you know, for all the the people like Jirel Brock, who got a full-ride scholarship to, to Iowa State. Or Jordan Frerich. Or Jordan, Zoo. exactly. How many... Thousands of people from this area just to have a, still have a chance to play at the college level. They still got to pay money. They they're, they're, the idea of I'm my kid's going to get a scholarship unless you're at the level of a Jirel Brock or a Jordan Ferricks. You're going to have to probably pony up a little bit of cash. And and you know that sort of leads into something else. Another story we had this week was. Quincy University starting this thing called Sprint Football, which I'd never heard of. But again, those kids aren't going to be getting free rides. Oh, heck no. No. And I would be surprised if they get much of a scholarship at all. To me, it sounds almost kind of like intramural football. And it's going to be dressed up a little bit more. They're going to have, you know, all the bells and the fact that they've already got a stadium that they can play in. Now they've just got to go buy the helmets and the uniforms and such. Yes, it's it's going to be shorter, quicker, faster, and it's going to give people. Um, one of the kids that I used to coach uh, in basketball uh, when, when he was in the fifth grade, now just graduating, he was one of the first persons I thought of, plays at Menden uh, at, at Unity High School. Great little player from Unity, just not very big. Yeah, Would be a perfect program for him to go to if he felt like, yeah, I want to con- still continue to play football. And what's amazing is – uh, you know, you go back to the, the Josh Raby baseball program. You see the 
nine guys that he puts on the field every week and he and, and the and the let's let's say fifteen pitchers that he uses throughout the season, he has almost another sixty to seventy guys who all they do is pretty much play J V baseball, play a handful of games against local teams every they just love baseball so much that yeah. it's, they're, they're given an opportunity. I mean, for the lack of a better way of saying it, Josh Raby almost has like a sprint baseball program <laughs> at, at, Quincy, at Quincy University yeah. that allows another 40 to 50 to 60 other players to play. They don't travel very far. They're not going to get all the same treatment that the uh, the varsity team gets, but that's where that helps enrollment. Now, that's a whole different story sure. in regard to Quincy University. I mean, to me, as much as you want to say this is, hey, we're going to have sprint football, we're going to, this is an enrollment-driven move. They just sure. want to get more people on campus, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, and, um, you know, again, I think as, as we look at this and we as we see this whole process continue to evolve now, I think that with, you know, I would hope that somebody, you know, in this area, like you said, the Park District is probably the entity that's best equipped to do this because they have a constant revenue stream in in property tax money. Mm-hmm. They also, of course, have you know well established programs. You got a guy like Mike Bruns who knows what he's doing, running all that stuff. They would be the ones who would be, I would think, would be the most apt to do it. The YMCA's had a little bit of a of a reset, I guess you would call it now. I think that'd be fair. But they're starting to kind of. Sounds like they might uh, be getting a little more involved again. So again, it's it's gonna it's gonna and and who knows if the Croc Center is gonna get involved at some point because they could because they have again they have the support the staff to do it especially for basketball there. I mean, so I think as we look at this, Quincy's in a in a really good position as as we all talk about the future and and how you know this community can grow and thrive and things. Uh, you know, one of the things that came up during the mayoral race was to have a sports commission, something like that. And and I think that is still a possibility. I think you'd be great. I, I would be love my, to be a part of I that. I think you'd be fantastic. And I'll, I'll Mayor Trope, if you're listening to I'll this, I am volunteering to, my services. You and a friend of ours, Dan Brink, and a lot of guys were talking about this. So I think it would be excellent. And Paul Havermail discussed it too. So I think this is uh, – anyway, we and, and we're excited here that, that you know Muddy River News, we are going to eventually have a sports component, and we think it's going to be this fall. We are just waiting to dot some I's and cross some T's. Or dot the T's and cross some I's. Whatever works. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, I think people are going to like what we do. We're going to have more podcasts like this. This youth sports is an issue, is an area where David's been passionate about because he coached for years and he wrote about it for years. And, you know, we'll have more podcasts that'll uh, that'll talk about this as well. So, but uh, yeah, and then uh, we'll have some more stories coming up this week as well, sort of uh, in this same vein. But uh, David, thanks uh, for uh, taking the time. I was just sitting across the desk from me, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we we don't have the palatial estate yet. We have a small, a small, cozy newsroom, sports room, whatever you call it right now, podcast studio. But you know, eventually, when we've got the multi-million dollar, I'll be facility, on the second floor, and you can be on the. Third I will be on the pen. I will be in the penthouse. Uh, you know, having my cigar and my expensive scotch, Tito's, and, and no, I don't do Tito's. The Tito's is for guests. I don't oh, do, and, and Tito's is a vodka. David doesn't doesn't partake much. I don't. Um, but no. No, it's it'd be a good scotch at at all at all at all um but i you know i might from time to time have a nip or two so anyway to celebrate things or to drown their sorrows the 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 sun came up today i think that's a great reason that's a good so all right thanks dave appreciate it all right and again that's uh, all the time we have now for this episode of the muddy river review and uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll uh, have another one for you coming up next week
God in heaven, you know I love you.